Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we assemble to explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our sixth season, we are looking at the Avengers. I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast. And I'm Pete Wright. Everybody out of the tunnel! Today we are talking about Minute 9, which begins with Team Loki on the loading dock and ends with Havoc in the tunnels. Back in the show, we have Tommy Metz III. Hello, Tommy. Hi, guys. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Assemble. Oh, uh, we, well, we're thrilled to have you part of our team assembling with us. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is, so we've got Team Loki. They are bailing on the uh, the Tesseract chamber room and they head out onto the loading dock. We've talked about this briefly when we saw Maria Hill out here earlier. This is filmed at the Albuquerque Convention Center where they're filming this. So interesting. Now I have a question because we see Loki, we see Eric Selvig. We see uh, Clint Barton. They all walk out, and the agent, the the uh, shield agent that Loki had turned. They all walk out together. Once we get out to the loading dock, suddenly it's Loki and Selvig and Barton, and the the agent somehow disappeared. I'm not exactly sure what happens to him. Okay, here this is what's interesting because he crosses at see at second like I don't know eight somewhere like that. He crosses in front of camera. Yeah, right, right in front of Maria Hill. At second seven. We're just so busy looking at Maria Hill. Right. Yeah. And then and then he's in a car because he follows them immediately afterward. Right. It's it's shot in... I... Hmm. Like, there are a lot of things about this film that work well. But, I, like, I had some issues with some blocking in the last scene, and I continue having issues with the blocking in this scene because that fourth person... We should know that he is with them as they come out. And that one quick shot we have, we're, we're kind of focused on Maria Hill. But also I have issues with the blocking because Clint Barton, we see them walking out. We barely see Maria Hill uh, out of the corner of her eye, off the edge of frame, coming out of another uh, another room with a uh, another S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. And, and Barton starts talking to her. But when he does, we're now looking at his back. And then we cut to her standing there. It's it's shot in and cut together in such a strange way that it's very difficult to get a sense as to who's here, who's having a conversation with whom. And we get all these characters out onto the loading dock, but I just I don't get a good sense of the space and who's here. I and I don't know, maybe it's just me and maybe this is the curse of the movie by minute format. But I really as I was looking at this sequence, I was really struggling to figure out why why am I having such a hard time tracking who all these who's here and where they are. Is that just me, or did either of you have that issue? Yeah, I did a little bit. Totally. Totally just me, or totally... Yeah, I'm just going to leave you <laughs> hanging, thinking that you're alone. <laughs> oh, yeah, you didn't answer the question. Totally, and both of our screens go black. Okay. No, <laughs> you're not wrong, and one of the things, there is some hurry up and go in certain sequences when it's almost like continuity editing, but right in front of your face. Like, we yes. just need to get these five, we have too many people, and we need to get them over here and I couldn't understand why it was happening until I remembered what I had forgotten, which is at, oh, 11 minutes and 48 seconds, the opening title. <laughs> this is all <laughs> happening before the opening title. And I wonder if whether it was Whedon, the producers or something saying, we've got to slam on the gas. Like all of this, you have 19 people in every scene. You need to get them in the tunnel. You need to get them going uh, just because – we, we, we're just starting, and you've had a staring at blue stuff. I wonder if maybe that's a part of it, because I'm an enormous fan of starting a title sequence really late. I think that's being used extremely powerfully 
my favorite example of that was the Netflix show, The OA, where at one point they started one of their... Um, did you guys watch The OA? Yeah. No, never did. There's one episode where the opening title comes in 43 minutes into an episode. Wow. And then there's just like eight <laughs> other minutes in the episode. And it's so weird and powerful and cool. I like how we're using opening titles to sort of... Uh, Midsommar did it brilliantly. Smile actually literally copies Midsommar in their step-by-step of their... And holding, setting the entire movie up, then doing this. Uh, I'm a big fan of it. I'm sorry. But I just wonder if... Because unlike... Those other movies that I meant, there's a lot of chaotic stuff and a ton of people in this. And I wonder if maybe they just wanted to cut the fat. Sorry, I just said all that with way too many words. No, no, it's it's great. I mean, we just saw Babylon. Babylon's like, hold my beer. for the right, A lot of movie happens before yeah. the opening slam title hits. And I, I think that's part of it. But this this to me, I, and I, I'm sure at this point, there was there was some conversation about moving us along to the title and get us into the body of the movie. But this first 26 seconds of this minute, it reflects as clumsy cutting uh. to me. Every single shot, it felt to me like they did 300 takes and took a cut from each one and put oh. them all in this. Like, it just feels like uh, things are out of order when you stop and watch it. Like, movement doesn't lead to the next natural movement to my eye and i and so i do i struggle with it what what we need to get maria hill to draw her gun uh seems to be like too much visual work uh and it comes out as messy in this in this first minute to your point andy the curse of the movie by minute format of course but right uh it's it's messy but but i would imagine like watching this without watching it in the movie by minute format like a regular audience member may just go well there was a lot of stuff going on i wasn't exactly sure but somehow like there's that there's that mental sense of confusion but obviously you're just watching a film without stopping as like we are and so it's okay because next thing you know you're in a tunnel shootout and the whole place is getting blown up so you're already into the story and they've they've probably already forgotten that i was confused at that that early in the film very much to that point i watched the movie straight through then went back and reminded myself what eight and nine were and i didn't have this problem yeah right 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 the first time i watched it i don't even remember if it was a hiccup i did not remember it because i already had thoughts about the the cave chase so yeah probably sure and i like i like that pete that your conjecture is they filmed to too much and wanted to use too much of the angles. I always, because of the uh, budget level that I come from, when I see things like this, I'm always like, they underfilmed it and they're fudging it. They didn't yeah, get what they needed. And so they're just sort of like, person, thing here. And now let's get to something. Because yeah. <laughs> I've had to do that before. Yeah, where they just, they didn't get it. Yep. They thought they did. They didn't get it. And so you sort of have to make it up as well, much as you can. Sure. More more bodies rolling on concrete. Right. Yeah. And a lot of times they shoot a scene to play longer, like there might have been cutaways of that that shield agent walking to his car and hopping in in addition to all of this. And they're like, we're and to your point, Tommy, maybe the producers like we just need to make this move a little faster. And then like he, he's never going to be somebody people remember. Let's just cut those out. And it, it'll play okay. But then he's cemented in some of those shots that make that feel more smooth. And then it just sort of becomes a, a tightrope act. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah. 
How does the uh, the exchange between Maria Hill and Clint Barton uh, work for you two? Do you buy that like she's carrying some suspicions and the way that that um, Clint Barton kind of reacts to her? Do you buy that there's this sense between them like he's covering something up, i.e. this mystery man that he's with? I do immediately because we already know that she's she's not a red shirt mm. uh, because she's already had an argument with fury where she is skeptical about w- w- how things are going down. Like we already know she's in a position of some authority to be able to agree slash disagree with the boss. And well, here, yes, and t- to your point though, let's remember she has still not been introduced in the movie. We still nope, don't know nope, who she is until right. just about right after oh, this. Is this the first right time this. that we're meeting this character? It is the first time. Well, it's the second time. But uh, but this movie is the first time in, in this film. This movie is the this first movie time. is the first yeah. time. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. See, I also don't remember that stuff. And she has not been called out by name yet. Yeah, got she it. hasn't been called out by name yet. She's just the person who got off the helicopter with Fury again, a position of power. Like who who else is flying with Fury besides the pilot and people who are important enough to fly with Fury? Um, and so you know, here we have like when she walks out, she immediately, her head immediately turns and says, why are you walking with this guy who's dressed like that? That is a thing that doesn't belong. And so I think it's it's kind of an easy pick to have her skeptical and be able to respond quickly when she hears from Fury and he starts yelling, Hill, Hill. Well, that's yeah, the first time that her name is mentioned in the film when he says Hill. So uh, suddenly we know. Uh, now, the conversation, the, the, the other issue I have here is I found the lines like I, I didn't fully hear what the actors were saying, and I don't know if it's the sound mixer or what. Until I kind of read the script, I'm like, "Oh, okay, that's what they're saying here." Because she says to to uh, Clint Barton, she says, "Who's that?" Indicating Loki, and Barton says, "Didn't tell me." Oh, that's what he says. Oh, yeah, he says, "Didn't tell me." And then Fury calls over the radio. Hill, do you copy? Barton has turned. Another thing that I never heard. And oh. then he says, "Get the Tesseract, shut them down," and. So, I I don't know. Uh, that was another thing going on with this sequence. Again, it's propulsive. We're moving forward. I understand the things that are playing, If it, even if I don't fully understand the lines. But once I understand the lines, I'm like, oh, okay, there's actually, you know, there is more happening here. I just, I never, I was able to piece it together without having all of those things spelled out for me, I guess. And I guess to that, to that extent, the action sequence works, right? I didn't need to know what they're saying. But I, I just, as I... As I read the script and I realized what they're saying, I'm like, oh, I wish I kind of had been able to hear that better. Sure. I I have a confession um, that I kind of don't want to tell both of you guys in particular, but I'm <laughs> one of those people now in my advancing age. I don't watch movies at home anymore without the subtitles on. Oh, you do? That's fun. anathema to so many people I know, but sure. I just, I kind of have to. And so, um, <laughs> unless I have headphones on. And mm-hmm. so I, uh, I never, like this, this was never a question because I literally read the script as they were, as they were saying it. I never, I never had trouble with it. And so that when, when it says Barton's turned and she has her reaction and it was so fast, it all just felt very, very natural to me. Huh. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I mean, it's, it is it is interesting how society is really making a switch with that. And I don't know if it's because of phones and people watching stuff so quietly now, but like my kids watch stuff with subtitles on all the time. And then when we're doing like a family movie night or something, they really, you know, actively push to have the subtitles on just because it's it's more of a sense of ease and comfort, I suppose, than always necessarily needing it. Yeah. But they mm. really like it. And even my wife has gotten to a point where she prefers having that on. And uh, I still struggle when it's... Um, 
when it's English and I'm reading English subtitles because I find myself just reading along with the movie more than I do like watching, watching the image the on the screen. And I feel like I'm losing some of the sense of what the, you know, the director and the performers are doing. But, yeah. but I, I, I do think it's a thing though. So I, I don't judge you for it. I just miss, I miss little words sometimes. And I think it's because I spend all day wearing headphones and I just, uh, my ears are tired. And having subtitles <laughs> helps, but I absolutely get it. I, I get that you're absolutely right. And I think this movie is easier because I've seen it so many times. And it's kind of refreshing to actually hear what they're actually saying, you know. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyhow, that's enough, old Pete. <laughs> <laughs> eh? <laughs> All right. Now, I. I I kind of chuckle. We have this moment as we have this exchange between Hill and Barton where suddenly we have some debris falling from the ceiling. <laughs> it's the only time it happens. And I can't I, I chuckle every time it happens because it seems so heavy, like the fact that suddenly there's a whole lot of debris falling as a reminder of what's happening here. And it just I don't know, it ends up <laughs> it it seems a little like there are just grips off screen just shaking stuff down. Yeah. <laughs> onto them and it does yeah. it just the whole thing feels a little fakey fakey is am i the only one I, I feel like you're both chuckling so you're you agree with me here it looks literally fake to me it doesn't even <laughs> look like there's real stuff coming down it looks like to me and this is just a conspiracy theory the thing that we've already brought up especially last minute the tesseract and the blue stuff is not really picking up speed it was as violent as it was before. That one shot of Fury going, ah, Deseret, get the Deseret. You do see like something being sucked up into it. But otherwise, it's kind of business as usual. And so I kind of feel like they needed to start upping the violence of this because we're, this all leads to a Roland Embrick shot of one car right in front of a huge sinkhole. Uh, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> just right behind them, the old Roland Emmerich special. Uh, and so I just wonder if they needed to be like, yeah, I mean, it's either shaky cam or we CGI it a couple like pebbles going <laughs> because nothing's really going on because it's also not in their faces. Colby doesn't seem to be reacting like, oh, no, what's going on? Barton can't because he's in army mode and creepy Mick get in the back of the truck. Just seems to be like, what's a Jeep? Um, and so I just wonder if they needed to, like, later, like, add that in. Does it look fake if you're watching it, or does it look real? Either way, it's not impressive, and it seems almost like an afterthought of, we're not filming this like the, the walls are coming down, and the walls are about to come down. I feel like a rube here. Where is it? Where is this thing that you're talking about? It's right when when uh, Barton responds to Hill saying, didn't tell me. It's right around second, uh, 11, 12, 13 in oh, this minute. And you just you just see a little bit of debris. Honestly, there's so little debris falling. I feel like it largely is the sound effect paired with it that makes it sound that much grander. I get it. Yeah. I just watched it. Yeah, it's it's not fake, but it's just like some crumbs, like some pebbles yeah, being right. dropped. It's like the cameraman was eating, or or his focus puller was eating over the lens. Yeah. They're like, oh crap, let's just yeah. use it. Yeah, get, get, no, no, Billy, keep that ding dong wrapper. You're good. You're good. Use the ding dong. <laughs> now, the other question I have here, and I don't know if I understand, because Loki seemed relatively healthy this whole time. He came through the portal. He seemed kind of fine other than being really sweaty. But once he kind of gets into the back of the truck, he kind of stumbles into the back of the truck. He looks really weird. That's what I meant by creepy McGitts in the back. Like he's like, he's like holding on to it. And yeah, 
and he's like having a hard time breathing. And when he's looking around, like he's, he seems like incredibly weakened. And I'm like, is there something I missed that was going on with Loki through all this? And the script doesn't have anything like he had been affected by the Tesseract transporter or whatever. And so I don't know. I just, I didn't really understand what they were doing or, or what the direction was for, for Tom Hiddleston to kind of play it this way. I, I def- definitely noticed that one. I think you guys are reading too far into it because uh, to me, it just read like, this is Hiddleston playing Loki, Loki. <laughs> okay, but look at look that, at the way he gets into the truck, though, right around second nine. Like, he, he practically collapses into it. It's so weird. And then right the next shot of him at about 13, like, he's he's like struggling to breathe and he's he's gripping the um the railing of the truck like so hard as he's just like i don't know it just it seems like he doesn't seem in control i don't see it i'm watching it and it just feels like he he tripped a little bit but there's a bunch of boxes <laughs> back there and he's holding it he's trying to be low key but i i feel like low i have key, a different key. problem with it though right <laughs> like i have a different problem than than you guys do my problem is why the hell is he trying to play low key anyway like he has just come in and destroyed this cavern with our our boss level uh, of nick fury and now he's walking around with some you know uh, red shirts walking the hall and maria hill who's you know at best a sub boss and why isn't he just like blasting away at stuff uh, and, and knocking people down himself like that's and and brainwashing more people yeah. yeah that's my problem with it i you know so he's maybe he has a little cough maybe he's got some some breathing stuff going on but he still is holding this the mind stone he's still holding the minds but he looks drained to me he, yeah. i go with andy as if he can't he's sort of like hunkering down and then he's he's waiting for his be- next big chow at the car yeah well, and I guess, okay, if I were to devil's advocate myself, there is a scene <laughs> right around second two, uh, right at the end where we have suited agent who actually puts his hand lovingly on Loki's lower back. Oh, on his back. Which is like, Aww. are you okay, bud? Are you okay? Can I? Don't worry. It's okay. You feel like he's ru- he's going to rub it, but it cuts away too fast. It does. I think we missed. I think they cut out something where he's he outdid himself. Well, we did see. We did see in the last uh, set of minutes when they first He's at- very sweaty. When they first attack him, he gets hit in the face a number of times with some bullets, and and you see the streaks of of like the bullet tracks across his face, and they heal, and it's all over the course of like three or four frames. It's an incredibly fast effect. Oh wow! But okay, I, I do wonder if there's a sense of him having used a lot of energy, right. and having kind of a hard time, and it's just it's never been clearly defined though right yeah yeah all right yeah so there's a yeah. universe in which i agree well wholly with you both oh it's not we're, this we're, we're going multiversal on this show <laughs> yeah. already the the other pete we have to see if we can get him yeah. out yeah. to come out and talk about something yeah. somewhere every once in a while <laughs> <That> michelle, <laughs> the michelle yo movie <laughs> every once in a while Okay, so, um, well, now that we have this, we have the little, um, the shooting going on between Barton and Hill. She goes and hides, and they start driving away. Is Hawkeye always left-handed? Uh, it's a good question. When he shoots the, when he shoots the gun, isn't he? He was shooting with his, uh. He shoots with his left hand. I thought he was shooting with his right hand in the... Uh, let's see together. Minute. Was that minute seven? No, six. Do you copy? Oh, it was eight, right? Wasn't it? Oh, no, it was well, seven. 
I was jumping back to minute six when he uh, first. That's his. That's his left hand. That's his left hand. When he crouches down, the freeze frame is right at twenty-two. Yeah, in minute six. Oh my god! Please don't let me get this wrong. <laughs> I'm looking right at it. It's got to be his left hand. <laughs> it, yeah, I'm looking at minute six. He's left hand holding the gun, right hand steadying his reading. So yeah, in minute six, he's left handed too. Okay. Cool. So, yep, there you go. I guess that's not a, that's not interesting to anyone, except that <laughs> I don't see a lot of left-handed shooters in this economy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they take off. Now, they're in a uh, a Hummer H3T. Cool. That's the Hummer that Clint is driving. That's Tom's car. Is that Tom's <laughs> car? Look, look at that. <laughs> Do you do you play Hawkeye driving sometimes? I do. No, Pete uh, mispronounces <laughs> the word Mazda. <laughs> I can the see other that. manliest I can see that car. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Maria hops into a Jeep J8 and she pursues. Now, the agent, we see the Hummer pull out and immediately behind it is the Acura TL. Of course, there's got to be an Acura because of their deal. But that's the one that the fourth agent has hopped into. So we see them pull out their Hummer and the agent pulls out and goes up that ramp immediately behind them. So that that car behind them is is their agent, the fourth one that had been turned. So all four of them are now on the road. Okay. Maria Hill hops in and, and to your point, Tommy, when we see Fury kind of running from the Tesseract energy, we do see it uh, sucking random tables and things up up into its vortex which always cracks me up when we get that uh but so now uh now hill is pursuing (laughs) that's right because that does that mean in that other universe they're like tables (laughs) (laughs) like are they being besieged by office equipment (laughs) well that's probably what the other needed and and thanos says all i have is this stinking throne i could use some tables and some other things around here an end table and maybe a lamp (laughs) so they're just sucking it up of course they can't plug it in anywhere but right they'll figure that out that's all Thanos is trying to do is just hoover intergalactic Ikeas all over the place. <laughs> uh, all right. So now we get into the tunnel. Now, this is a new location. We're finally into our fourth location that makes up this entire shield complex. This location, these tunnels are actually uh, at a place called Creekside Mushroom Farm outside of Worthington, Pennsylvania. I saw Pennsylvania, I saw tunnels, I immediately got excited, thinking, oh, are these the tunnels that they used in Day of the Dead, the uh, the George Romero film? Oh. Alas, they are not. Those oh. ones were old mineshafts film uh, that they used outside of Wampum, Pennsylvania, but both of them are kind of outside of Pittsburgh. Uh, this place is a mushroom farm, and uh, this was on their website. They bill themselves as the world's largest mushroom growing facility and the only underground mushroom farm in the United States. The flavorful fungi grow 300 feet below ground in a former limestone mine. Huh. All right. I find that fascinating, and it makes me wonder if all of these tunnels normally are full of, like, bins where they're growing mushrooms, and they actually had to clear all the mushrooms out so that they could film the movie here. Huh. I don't know why I find that so interesting, but I, I just the idea of tunnels full of mushrooms growing uh, is such a strange thing. I know they've done crazy things to make movies, but that seems like really just a horrible job <laughs> right. to move this giant tunnel full of mushrooms. Where are we going to put the mushroom? That's just, oh yeah, it's like a PA. And it's just like one PA. They're like, Steve, just we're going to need this all cleared up. Yeah. Right. Like how far is it? About two, Here's your golf yards. cart. Yeah. 
here's your incredibly small basket. Why are we doing this? <laughs> Got that sweet, sweet Marvel money for our yeah. mushroom farm. Yeah. yeah, for the mushroom farm. That's fascinating. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting. Now we're going into the tunnels here, which instantly makes me think of a movie with tunnel scenes that I think are fantastic, and I think the movie is fantastic. It's Sicario. <gasps> yeah. The the tunnel pursuit in that is, of course, through the you know underground tunnels um, built by coyotes and stuff, uh, drug smugglers under the Mexico Arizona desert, and um, that was just fantastic, fantastic tunnel chase sequence. I'm trying to think of other movies with great tunnel sequences. What do you two? Can you two think of any? I Robot does that count as a tunnel? I can't remember the sequence in that that you're talking about. He's trapped under a, but it's like a great big tunnel. It's not like an underground, you know, and then all, all the, the cars that are filled with iRobots that did not murder him show up and then they all jump off and they start attacking his car and it's kind of cool. Oh, I remember that shot from the trailer when he's surrounded by the, they're all jumping on him. The first Mission Impossible, uh, helicopter chasing a train in a tunnel. In a, in a tunnel. That was right, good. Right, right, right. I guess Is it only it, vehicles that we're talking about? Because we I'm just, just saw I'm just bar- trying to think Barbarian, of good, and the tunnels in that were horrifying. Yep. Oh, good good tunnels, yeah. The Descent? Yeah, the, the Descent. descent those oh, are, those screw are great you. Tunnels. I don't like thinking about that movie. That's just scary. <laughs> yeah. I go to something like Empire Strikes Back, where, of course, the, their whole base on, base on Hoth is in tunnels under yeah. the snow. Cloverfield. Cloverfield. They have their whole thing, and they go into the old subway tunnel, and the, the little baby clover monsters are there. That's my impression. <laughs> of the little, gobble, 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 yes. gobble, gobble. It's pretty good. Well, really, any tunnel, any subway scene, really, because yeah. then I go to Mimic, and those freaking terrifying giant roach creatures, like, those things were great and terrified me in that movie. Oh, uh, Escape Room World Championship, World Championship, uh, the first subway yeah. the, in the sequel. Yeah, where they Terminator had on the train and, they had, and it's yep. electrical. It's electrocuted. They keep. Yeah, that was. Great. Have you watched the other version yet, Pete? Get your Not act yet. together. Stop. Not stop. I need to watch them clearly. Oh, this isn't funny, but platoon. Oh yeah. When when uh, what's his no, name? Oh, when, casualties of war. Yep. It, casualties of war is when he falls into them. Are they in platoon? I don't think they go into the tunnels in platoon. Platoon. Uh, Willem Dafoe goes in, grabs a knife and a gun, and chases in uh, a soldier through a tunnel right, and ends up shooting him, and it's terrifying. Casualties of war. It's where the soldier falls partway through the ground, and you see the guy crawling up toward him, yeah, like uh, to yeah slit his belly or something. Yeah, that would. Uh, uh, and then just other war ones like nineteen seventeen. Like that had some great sequences where they're running through the. Uh, the tunnels there. Good list of tunnels, guys. All right, so clearly tunnels are terrible. Yep, yeah. Quite a uh, lot of great movies with tunnels. What was the um, Sylvester Stallone one where they're in the tunnel under the uh, New York go, under the under the river, crossing over and like the Day- daylight. daylight, 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 daylight. Yeah. yeah. Which reminds me also of the Stand. There's another terrifying. Uh, uh, so uh, the book has. <laughs> yeah. All right. Paris, Paris, Jetem. They're all over the place. All right. I just wanted to check one that wasn't. I'm looking at my list. There is that Catacombs Paris movie where they go into the catacombs. and So above, so below. Yeah, yes. and so above, yep. so below. That's absolutely yep. right. Uh, so. The Tunnel. Uh, I never actually saw it, uh, but that's a movie that has the name Tunnel in it. <laughs> so really, uh, oh, there are God, a lot of options. You guys, The Great Escape. Okay. That's a really last tiny cru- tunnel. Last that's Crusade. A tiny tunnel. 
Tunnel, tunnel, tunnel. Last, last crusade. crusade. Last X crusade. Marks the tunnel spot. in the last. X marks the spot. Ah, yes. Maybe yes, three yes, yes. kings when they go into all of the bunkers and three kings and they find all of those hidden rooms uh-huh. and all the so riches and then the torture chambers. Do you remember those? Yeah. So I don't good, know if those so bad. Down. Okay. The end. Yeah. All right. No more tunnels. All right. So I want to talk about a little bit of the logistics of the chase because um, this is something that will continue as this whole thing goes on the next minute or so. So we have Clint driving the Hummer. Behind them, we have this Acura. Now, there are already a lot of vehicles in the tunnel, as we see very shortly, because, as we may recall, Fury had given Coulson the order to evacuate everybody. So we see a lot of, like, army vehicles rolling out. And very shortly into this chase, we see uh, these vehicles, like, uh, driving around all of these military vehicles that are uh, kind of slow rolling through the tunnels. And then that's when we see Loki realize that they're being followed. I I don't understand the layout of this tunnel. Uh, Clint's vehicle and the Acura following (laughs) them go up onto like some side ramp thing that is, uh, you know, over on one side and it's kind of separated by these, um, these barriers. And then they're all shooting at each other. And then Loki decides, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to blast my shield agent that's following me, I'm going to blast his car and flip it to block the tunnel. Uh, Instead of maybe blocking the bad guy's car or the bad guy, you know, the shield, the normal shield agent's car and using it to block the tunnel. Is it uh, how how does that logic work for you of killing his own guy to block the tunnel? It works for me because it's straight up Loki. (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs) I think it's just that's like the thing right in front of him. And why not? And it's like it's a win win for him. Okay. Uh, so it didn't bother me. I didn't, but I also didn't really pause and think about, oh, wait, that's his own guy. Should he have gone to that weird? Because it's like the setup, it's the Indiana Jones chase setups, where at some point one path becomes two parallel paths, and one's usually a little bit higher than the other. Yes. And they're trying to go yeah, back right. and forth for each other. It didn't bother me, especially because of his creepy little Loki <laughs> grin. That he does when he shoots. He's like, if he's only he went. Yeah, he's constantly like, I'm a little stinker. One thing I did want to bring up real quick is I really like the physicality that he does when he shoots blue things. I don't care about blue things coming out of stuff, but it's kind of reminiscent of the Echa of the original Dune movie. Yeah. It's it's neat. It's like it's it's taking, it's almost it's a reverse punch, but you can see he's like. It's taking physical power from him to do it. It's not, it's the opposite of like Harry Potter just sticking out a stick and going Zuba Dizango, which is always, <laughs> which never impressed me because I can just imagine on set a bunch of people pointing sticks at each other, saying something, <laughs> and then half of them go, ah, and drop the stick. This feels like, <laughs> this feels like I could see, you know, the thing coming. And I really liked yeah. that. Right. Um, right. So, yeah, sorry, I, I answered a different question. But yeah. Well, no, but I mean, I, I think. I do. Well, you answered the question and then you just kind of continued expounding about it. And I think your point about Loki is really interesting because I like that physicality where he really seems like he's it's almost like a a very heavy automatic weapon that has a big kick. And every time he kind of blasts, you can really see Tom Hiddleston kind of really throwing it into the performance as far as throwing himself back. And now, as I watch that, maybe it's like it's the fact that he's using this scepter in this way that is draining his energy. I think he's kicking his own ass. It's like he's really in a physical fight, even though he's 
his punches are blue lasers. I like that idea. Well, it'd make it make it make sense for me hmm. to make him tired. The only other thing that I <laughs> wanted to point out is when they're on their in, Indiana Jones parallel things, there's this minor like guardrail bar. It's not like a wall in between them. It's just yeah. a, a, a pole every like 20 yards or something like that. And I know that you have to justify the bullets, <laughs> but the amount there's the bad, the good guys are shooting a 45 and they go bang, bang, bang. Each one hits one of the side poles. <laughs> Do you know how harder of a shot that is than not <laughs> hitting a guardrail? Well, you're going so fast instead of hitting nothing or a cave wall. That guy is the worst, best trick shot in the world. Like if they, if they get invaded by guardrails, he is Captain America. <laughs> every shot has has a, every shot has a ping. We'll wait for phase a, six for the guardrail invasion and like a spark. And I can't imagine that guy just being like, "Come on." <laughs> <laughs> it's just I think that's always funny when they when whoever's in charge of that feels the need to justify every bullet and the only thing in their way is the smallest thing in the entire world. Yeah, right, right. Let's, yeah, because they got because you know the effects team has to go in and put all the little squibs on all those right. things to you know the little detonators and everything. So yeah, it's like they just needed to put them on somewhere. You know, yeah. just like well, hey, let's just put them here. But that just makes that guy so incredibly good at being. <laughs> Oh my god, you can just hear him just like, oh, where was I at the guardrail booth at the carnival last weekend? <laughs> Why isn't he in the Olympics? Why is he in Shield? There's there's, really, there's a skill set for that that he is amazing at. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. That is uh that is so true. So true. Yeah. Uh, this poor guy. Well, obviously, he's been waylaid anyway, because now he's got a car in front of him and they've had to yeah. stop. And that's where this minute ends, uh, sadly. But, um, Tommy, uh, it has been a fun week or fun couple days, I should yeah. say, talking to you about this. And we certainly hope down the road, uh, I think there might be some credits in your future. <laughs> oh, I'm going to start reading now. <laughs> I'm excited, but I also, I watched this whole movie, and so I feel better to talk about it. Like, I have other points that don't need to be made now that would be better saved for credit land and stuff. But I really did enjoy this movie, um, and it had a lot of Whedonisms, a lot of Nataro things that I really enjoyed, <laughs> a lot of turns of phrases and stuff, and... The way that this movie handles such an incredibly vast amount of characters, but gives them all, doesn't short thrift any of them, or short, is that a phrase? Short change? Yeah, sure, yeah. Any of them is remarkable. I can't imagine how to do it. And it just seems, it does it in a way that seems effortless and not padded. So. We talked about that the other day with uh, Kathy Campbell, who was on before you, just the fact that uh, this was a period when studios were kind of skeptical about the idea of something like this working. Like we were talking about the examples, like, you know, the Batman films where they kept putting more villains and more, more heroes and more in people, right. or the Spider-Man films where they kept adding more villains and more heroes. And people were just like, God, it's just too much. Like I, I, the story is getting so overloaded with all of these things that you're just not giving enough time to, it's not working. And, and here they are trying to build this entire yeah, uh, phase toward this, and you can see why people were a little skeptical about them being able to pull this off. 
Yeah. And it's it feels like an, a magic trick, a creative magic trick that they really pulled off, which is really exciting to see. Yeah, so, absolutely. So thank you for bringing me back into the fold to do this. This was a lot of fun. Well, we had a great time. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. We have uh, Justin Yeager joining us tomorrow oh. to talk about Minute 10. Yeah, good old JJ. So it should be fun. And uh, so we'll be back for that. And Pete, thanks as always. I'm so excited. Tomorrow we get to see what it's like when an Audi becomes an innie. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, true believers. Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Message to the World by Anthony Vega, and this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. Find the show at truestory.fm. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, please consider doing that for our show. <laughs>